Welcome to the Signal Line Remote Viewing Podcast, a podcast owned and run by Daz Smith from RemoteViewed.com, the resource for everything remote viewing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing remote viewing related interviews, views, news, resources, and much more. Hi guys, welcome everyone. So we've got Marty Rosenblatt with us tonight. Marty's one of the original founders of the Applied Precognition Project, and he's the COO. He is a group manager for several APP precognition groups and associative remote viewer, which we all know is ARV, and we'll explain that to you later. He's an analyst, a judge, and he's applying the ARV winning entanglements, the WE protocol. Marty is also president of Physics Intuition Applications, which he founded in 1998 to apply remote viewing to predicting stock market and sporting event outcomes. He writes his, the online magazine Connections Through Time, and Marty teaches financial and sports precognitive applications workshops. Marty has an MS in physics from UCLA, and I'll also add his link down below. Um, and I'm going to hand over to, to him now. He's got a small presentation to you. And then we can uh, go ahead and we'll ask all our questions to him later. So take it away then, Marty. Okay. Screen share should be on. Yeah, um, there we go. Okay, thank you all for being here. It's, um, it, it really is a pleasure. It's the first time I've worked this directly with Daz, who has also been around forever, as you know. Um, our work um, does go back a long way, started with uh, physics intuition applications, but now it's applied precognition project. Um, and that this is just the front page of the website, which is just appliedprecog.com. Um, and we're really about consciousness is fundamental we focus on ARV as a practical application, but we give a lot of free webinars. We give our um, two conferences a year, as you can see here. And they're always about um, different aspects which touch on the consciousness is fundamental. Um, you know, that idea goes, um, well, the quantum mechanical guys were forced to face up to that with some of the issues that they faced up to with the measurement problem, not being able to measure the location of, um, of uh, atoms, say, and their velocity at the same time. But anyway, the measurement problem, they, they were the ones who said that, but it goes further back than that. You can see references to the idea that we are a lot more than our physical bodies. Um, and so that really is our focus. Our website, we have people who do practice targets and we have a talk with series where we bring uh, people on all the time and they can give presentations and just like this, then questions and answers. Um, what I've noticed over the last, probably accelerated over the last five years or so more and more people are not only getting interested in this, but are actually 
doing things with it. You know, Daz has his company. I'm shortly going to tell you about what we do to make this um, practical. Um, so let me let me do that now. I think you all know what associative remote viewing is. Um, but just quickly, the tasking is a remote viewing tasking. Describe and sketch your feedback target. And then later in time, so this is precognition, later in time, you will see your feedback target. So that's why we call it precognition. However, the other part of it is it's retrocausality, because when you see your feedback target, and we really think it all begins there, you pass that information back to your remote viewing session. So it's really what we like to call entanglement. This session and this session are entangled in a way which is outside of time, if you will, um, um, certainly different than normal linear um, cause and effect because clearly getting information from your feedback target is retrocausal and um, we see that all the time we know that's true um, a lot of people still don't want to believe that but that's their problem um, this is practice 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 slide which i've used before and i'm showing it here but it's really true um, as you get into this more and more not only do you get better but you learn more about yourself. And that's the key, I think, in all of this and staying involved as you're learning more and more about yourself. Now, we have just recently introduced PFB, positive feedback. And not only do you do, you know, people did feedback sessions a little differently. But we are now recommending you only do them when you get a hit. Too many people were hung up on the misses. It caused just a lot of bad feelings. Um, and so we recommend you do it only when you get a hit. Hey, the viewer is in charge. And if you want to do it, for example, when you get passes, feel free. But we just don't really think you should monkey around with the um, misses. Now, I said it before and I'll say it again, and this really is um, kind of our focus in everything we do. We really try to push the fact that the primary benefit of ARV, precognition, um, all the other side phenomena that so many of us now get involved with is to create a strong working relationship with what I generally call the subconscious mind but that's just like the higher self, just like Ingo Swan's matrix, just like the universe of collective consciousness is sort of a model I have of all of this. Um, and uh, whatever you want to call these non-physical aspects of you and the universe. You know, I think we all know the information is coming to us from something grander than our ego intellectual self. And it's building up a relationship with that, that 
um, is, I think, the primary benefit of ARV, remote viewing, precognition, and other side phenomena when you when you do it, you know, seriously and regularly. Okay, I want to go now um, to this issue of reliability because I think it is the most important issue in both remote viewing and associative remote viewing. So here's a guy who came to his guru and he's asking, I seek the path to a reliable 100% ARV rate. Okay, so that's what, that's what he wants. And I love the response here is you want to attain, I mean, to do that, he says nirvana, but you don't want to pray, meditate, or abandon all of your earthly desires. What do you want me to do? Just hand it to you? So there is indeed work involved. So this is the kind of positive response, actually, that you get from your subconscious mind, higher self, God, whatever. Now, I don't believe, and I hope someday to be proven wrong, <laughs> but I don't believe 100% is actually possible in our physical world. You know, we're human beings and getting the information from the source, um, um, UCC, higher power, and getting it into your nervous system through the subconscious and into your uh, um, conscious mind so that you can put it on the transcript um, I don't know. I think there's just too much down there. Now, when you become perfectly clean, I think you'll get closer and closer to that. And um, I'm seeing people enjoying the process because they feel they've gotten rid of what they might call blocks or noise. So I'm at the point now where I am working to get as many people as possible to take on the challenge of a hit rate, success rate of 75% plus or minus 5% to be that um, um, consistent. So, and um, here I've introduced to you, and I'll tell you more about it right now, to use your healthy mind your psychic mind, and become a precog pro. And that's what I want to tell you. First of all, in terms of the 100% hit rate, this is the closest I have ever personally seen someone do it. Now, this was ARV. They got 14 hits, nine passes um, right out of the box. And it wasn't beginner's luck because this is somebody who'd been a remote viewer and they jumped into the ARV world. Um, they ended off with 66%, but notice they weren't able to maintain it and come back to say 75%, but close. Okay, um, I hope you can read the numbers here, but I will go over them. This is the Precog Pro program and the compensation sheet what you're looking at here basically says everything about our approach. So let me go over this um, slowly so you'll understand it. Now, I recognize a lot of people. In fact, I think more than half the people in our program are doing this for their own personal benefit.
But nevertheless, some people would like to make money. Okay, so this is for them. And not only would they like to make money, I would like to see them make money in this fashion to get out to society that precognition, in fact, is real. And so the more projects we have out there, which are leading to that, that's the way the word is going to diffuse out. Science had its chance and didn't do it. Um, they did everything science is supposed to do. And I'm a scientist, a physicist, and I am so disappointed in my comrades because there's been nothing but a big yawn from all the work that they've done, which in fact has proven it in the best scientific fashion. So I think it's going to take work involving money where you know money still is the thing that talks best to society, I'm afraid. Okay, so our approach is to work with people who are in this for a long term, they want to become professionals and get paid as professionals. And so we set this up with 25 non-pass predictions to be the mark. And they, you can do, and we have lots of people who are doing one after another after another. Um, and they all start at level one. Now in level one, um, and, and this is actually an APPI project. That's our nonprofit affiliate. They put up $250 in a kind of a cyber account, but it's your account. You are starting out with $250. Now, I don't know how many of you know how Kelly wagering works, but that's something which works best when you have an edge over chance um, to invest. And so that's what we're using here. We're using a Kelly approach on your $250. Um, you come in with $250. If your prediction is a hit, that'll go up by 20%, 50 bucks. You will now have in your account $300. It's just like you earn $300, but we don't pay it to you until you finish with the 25. Um, and another hit, you go up by another 20%. When you get a miss, you go down by 20%. What this means is when you, and we're looking for people to get up to this 72% number. If you get 18 hits out of your first 25, APPI will mail you a check for $1,396. Not only that, you will move to the next level, where if you do the same thing, you would get $2,792. So as a professional, these numbers get to be very high. You can, you can actually make a living out of this. Plus, this is not a full-time job. Um, so I think we've made this very attractive. I'll give you a summary of how many people and all that are involved um, um, later, but that really is it. You need to get um, 25 predictions and then you'll go up to the next level, hopefully. 
if you're in this gray area where you only got 68%, you'll still get a check for $931, 64%, $620, but you will not move up to the next level. So the only way you move up to the next level is by getting the 62% mark. Is that clear? I, I just want to make sure you understand this. Okay. Now, oh, did you have a question? No. Okay. Here's what it takes to qualify to get into the Precog Pro program. We have a lot of groups at APP, the Applied Precognition Project. In fact, we have 10 financial groups and three sporting groups um, making predictions on sports or financials. And so we have a lot of people making predictions um, and they are the ones who then move up to the uh, Precog Pro level because you need to do all of this with what is called our winning entanglement program. It's a winning entanglement ARV program, very user-friendly, all set up to have you do ARV online. Now, um, here's what it takes to become a Precog Pro. If you're brand new, um, um, seven hits out of your first 10, again, close enough to the 72% number that we'll, you're in. 11 out of your first 15, 14 out of 20, or 17 out of your first 25, which gets you up to the 68%. Our logic is we want you in that program. And once you get in, I, I think being in there is motivation, um, you know, if you're not up to 72% yet, to um, um, get there. Um, and we do everything we can to help you do that. Now, if you already are in our program with 25 or more, then you just need to maintain a 64% or more hit rate with your 25 day hit rate average, which we keep track of. Our program keeps track of all of that for you while you're just a regular. Um, ARV -er. in fact um, oh I didn't show anything but we'll, we keep track of all, all of your things and, and we have graphs it looks like I took out the graph I wanted this to be short but we give you guys graphs of what you're doing um, when you do your ARV you have places for notes all of which are saved for you online to help you get better because you can see your own history and you can see your own comments. Okay, so here's um, where we were as of um, a month ago. I picked this up from old presentation. We have had 31 viewers. Um, they've earned over $22,000. We currently have active precog pros in level one and level two. We are looking for as many precog pros as are interested in the program. If you qualify, let us know. Since um, um, you know, I gave this to our group. We have like over 1,200 people in our discussion group, um, and we probably have about 
250 or 300 are doing predictions. Um, so I, I can't follow each of them. Um, and so my question to them, and it's the same question to any of you who are new here um, and haven't ever heard about the Applied Precognition Project, um, do you think you can learn to be a relatively consistent at 72% ARV hit rate? So that was all I wanted to say. Maybe there's one thing I ought to do, Daz, if you don't mind, and then let's take questions. Let me put in my email address. com, And maybe, you know, so if you want to join, um, you can email me directly or you can go to appliedprecog.com and there's um, a message uh, board there that you can just ask to join join the group. So with that, that was all. I said, you know, I, I would just do something short and now let's open it up for questions. Excellent, thanks Dan Murray, that's a great overview. I'm sure there'll be loads of questions out there. I've got a few myself, but I'll wait for some of these guys. Um, I'm gonna stop sharing the screen here for a second. Mm -hmm. If we can here, let's see. Do you want me to do stop share at my end? Yeah, it's not letting me my yeah. side. Just, because, just so we can see people put out their hands then if they want to. So, yeah. okay, so we're opening up the floor now to any questions you guys may have. Um, so feel free to, you know, do the reactions button and put your hands up. Uh, I see Pablo was first there, so you can go ahead with that. Thank you, Les. Hi, Martin. Uh, quick Hi, question. Pablo. Have you observed... Hello. Have you observed any trend depending on the RV method that the person used before? Do you think that that will have some kind of effect like you know, learning some bad RV habits or something like that? Um, I haven't noticed a difference. Early on, we watched that because early on in this business, I think I'm now talking 15, maybe even more years ago, there was a lot of controversy over your method is better than my method. And there was a lot of controversy in that. And I did look at it back then um, and it didn't seem to matter. You know, what matters is, are you a good remote viewer? Um, and um, so, no, I, I way back then when I looked at it closely, I saw no difference. Thank you very much for sharing. Uh, is it Dimi? Dimi, would you like to ask your question next? Yes, thank you. Hello, Marty. Hi. Uh, well, um, I have a question. Uh, a week ago, I participated to your webinar on learning by doing. And after working my target on RV, you told us, uh, those who work, who have positive feedback, to do a quick uh, sketch by looking at the feedback photo. I was not sure what was about and I totally completely forgot to to ask you about this. I had some hints, but uh, if you please tell me, thank you. Thank you very much. It is, it is now a very important part of the positive feedback approach for the following reason. The feedback session 
is the retrocausality part of the whole ARV prediction. And so doing a sketch, paying attention to the feedback photo. And so here you are um, doing a sketch and it's not, it, it really is more of a sketch though. Again, the viewer is involved. It's not like you wanna do a tracing. What you wanna do is something like you hoped you had done during your remote viewing session. Relatively quick, you, you know, like if there's a building there, if it's a square building in your feedback session, you'd put a square building. If it were a house, you know, uh, um, a V-shaped, inverted V-shaped house, that would be what you would put as the sketch because that's what you're noticing and that's what you retrocausally want to send back to your feedback session. So it is a very important part of the prediction. The RV session is not the prediction. It's the RV session plus the feedback session that is making your prediction. So I like to say that ARV begins with the feedback session and the sketch and the words. You basically do the same thing you were doing when you did the RV session, but now you know the truth. And knowing the truth, obviously you can do a better remote viewing session, but in doing that, you're passing that information. And this should be your intention when you're doing it, passing the information down into your subconscious, down into, I call it the universe of collective consciousness, which now is connected with your remote viewing session, and then at the remote viewing session, when that's going on, the information comes back up. I understand. Thank you very much. You do understand. Good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I'm going to make a mess of this name next. Uh, is it Kiamitu? Uh, how do I say that? It's pronounced like the cat sound meow with a K. Kiao. Kiao. Okay. Go. Remember that one. Okay, first of all, Marty, a great thanks. It's really nice to see you. And it's just an amazing opportunity to see all these great people together talking about this. Thank you again for coming. Um, the problem is, is I have too many questions. So I've organized them really quickly and I'll try and shoot them off. Okay. Um, the first one is I'm sure you're very familiar with uh, Joseph Gallenberger uh, being a scientist and then using uh, Vegas as kind of like his testing grounds and taking mm -hmm. people to do that. So the question is, uh, and I've seen Joseph McMonagall talk about it too. Uh, what's your experience, your opinion of the idea of creating a, a, some sort of positive vibe, a success vibe that is based on some sort of positive social beneficial activities like philanthropy, for example. Now, do you want me to shoot these questions off one by one or yeah. should I? Throw no, no, one? no. Let me respond to that one briefly and you'll go on to your next one. I totally agree with that. I have done workshops with both Joes, <laughs> Gallenberger, yeah. and we do a lot of workshops with, um, um, <laughs> okay, both Joes. Yes. No, no, wait. How can I forget Joe's name? He and I are good friends. I'm getting worried about myself here. Uh, that's okay, because I do too. I have to write it down. It's okay. 
No, the other Joe. Oh, McMonagall. Just think yeah, Eagle. He's uh, thank you. No, I he's been to almost all of our workshops, and I don't know why I blank the two Joes. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I totally agree with that approach. Um, and when we have people uh, start their remote viewing sessions and feedback sessions, we always suggest they bring love or joy into their heart. I do believe that helps. Um, plus, I also like to say, hey, the more joy and love you bring into your life, the better. When you look back at your life after you pass over, wouldn't you like to have as much of that as possible? Okay, next question. Okay, um, you mentioned something really interesting about the feedback when analyzing your sessions to when you're dealing with students, because I've taught, I don't know, at least 30, but probably 40 now people um, to focus on the good aspect of the session, the successful aspect, and not do the typical scientific uh, dialectical analysis of 50-50 or, or anything like that. Just focus on the good. So for a person, which to me makes total sense, for a person that's um, doing their practice sessions alone, which means I analyze a session after, do you have any recommended strategies? The first idea came to mind was just review my good ones over and over. I don't know. Is this remote viewing or ARV now? Well, I, it's if a fine talking. line that I don't understand, but I, I call, call it um, CRV remote viewing, but they're 15 okay. minute practice sessions. Okay. Um, I believe it would be very helpful to, yes, focus on what they got right. Sometimes even circle that stuff on the transcript, but then on a brand new sheet of paper, do the session they wish they had done. Good. Good. Thank you. And that's very clear to me. Now, an interesting thing is, is I started doing that about six months ago. Maybe I pulled it out of the air from <laughs> thinking about you. Who knows where I got it from? But anyways, for probably a year, maybe six months, I don't know exactly. I write out, I draw out the session. And of course, I'm an artist, so I'm quite familiar. And Thomas McNair put it really well uh, when talking to Ingo that the the information produced as visuals in our sessions is a simple type of drawing. It doesn't have to be a very detailed um, re photographic representation of what you're trying to do. So in other words, ability-wise, anybody can do it. Uh, the aspect of it, uh, for me, the statistical aspect as to whether it's helping me or not, relates to another question, which I can now knock out at this, I can kill two birds with one stone. I am very familiar with the theory that we are, when we are doing remote viewing, and Joseph McMonagall has talked about it many times, we are feeding ourselves from the future. One of the theories is that because we're living this life and, and time isn't always specifically linear, it's quite possible that our life experience can send us back the feedback so that we can produce it properly during the session. Um, but I'm interested, okay. I'm interested to know what proof you have of that. I don't doubt it. I'm just interested to see, is there a, um, some sort of a study that's been done or evidence presented so that we can determine or rest some of our weight on that? Because it's just really interesting. Well, I mean, it's obviously true. There have been so many right on sessions that could not be chance that the only way they could be that good um, um, I'm remembering one right now that Joe McMonaco 
did at one of our workshops in Vegas, I mean, uh, it was like 100%. You, you would just have to give it a write-off. There's no way that could be chance. He didn't know what, what it was. I mean, so that's the proof that retrocausality is real. Now, nobody understands it. Um, I have a model that says it's not like radio waves. It doesn't go backwards. It actually goes through the subconscious, through the zero-point energy field, into this universe of collective consciousness, and then gets shared with the remote viewing session because everything is down in the universe of collective consciousness. Sure. And I'm sure you're familiar with so many other theories, but for example, I've been with what I use the words original peoples, native people on this continent. And, and I've been really privileged to be in a, 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 a ceremony, a ritual, it's called a sweat lodge. But anyways, uh, these people believe that they communicate with the dead, a friend that's living in the afterlife, and that the information is provided to them from that source um, so that it wouldn't be them in a retrocausality experience. And, and as, a, as an interesting side note, the Dalai Lama actually came with these guys to do sweat lodge and we have photographs of it. So sure. it's like, they're like kind of high level. So I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong. I believe you, I know you're correct, but I just kind of like to see no, how- No, this is, let me, let me try to explain that. Thank you. Thank Precognition you. is one aspect of consciousness being fundamental. This universal collective consciousness, ego called it the matrix, sure. the Akashic records, yes. Abraham Hicks calls it the source. Mm -hmm. This is the deepest non-physical aspect. So speaking to dead, getting information from the dead, notice when they were alive, they were putting all of their life information down into this universe of collective consciousness. And so the shamans pick it up from there. It doesn't have anything to do with precognition. It's another idea of consciousness. Sure. And um, that's, that's what this is all about. And, um, you, know, I, I, you know, I've seen enough examples of this, of, of people getting information from down there that I'm convinced anyway, that that's what's happening in almost all psi phenomenon. Sure. Thank you. Okay. Um, to quickly go through the next ones. And again, I'm almost done. Um, this next one is a very simple thing and it may be not really that important, but long-term because you, of course, you've been in this for a, you know, a good period of time, a lot of experience, uh, do you notice that the viewers that are in your system or viewers that are on a production line, like, I mean, they're strict and they're disciplined and I am too, but it's different when you're trying to do something for a specific purpose more than practice. So um, do you notice that long-term viewers burn out or they get more spiritual or if there really is any difference or if there's a success strategy just to keep it going good over many years? That's very individualized. And I don't know all of the viewers. Um, I do believe that it's all the communication with the subconscious. And it has to do with things like, unfortunately, ego. Because what I see is when people start doing really, really well, I showed you that example of the 100%. 
something goes on in the psyche that then causes it, in my experience, often to drop. And, and I tell people that they ought to meditate um, when they see that beginning to happen, maybe take a break, stuff like that. But again, the solution is very personal. Thank you. And when you say drop, do you mean their ego drops or their ability? The hit rate. Rises. The hit rate. The, the, we keep track of their hit rate, number of hits divided by hits plus misses. Perfect. And um, the, even the best viewers who will be doing really, really well, then start not doing so well. And God, I haven't used the D word yet, but I guess I'll use it now. This is called displacement. Um, and this is one of the reasons also we've done the positive feedback approach because too many people will get in a big huff about having displacement. How could that happen? Um, and so I, I really believe it's important to not get into that negative mood. You want to stay as positive as possible. Thank but, you very much. Yeah. Okay, final question. We're almost done. At, at the beginning of your presentation, you had a really cool information there, and I'm going to review it and learn it properly. But it, it kind of leads or goes with this question. Um, so you made it very clear that you believe a person can actually improve. They're not starting with one level and stuck at that level for the rest of their lives. To me, that's what I got. And I believe that. I do too. And, and especially if people are taught things and they, know, they learn about the process. But um, so have you learned any shortcuts? In other words, for those of us that are aiming for the 72% rate through practice and education, is it's obvious that the more you're in this world and doing it, the better you get. That's obvious. Any other suggestions? <laughs> well, you mentioned the first one, practice, practice, practice. Joe McMonaco used to do six per week, one a day, basically. And... Um, I don't think there are any shortcuts. Um, I think believing in yourself, doing what always turned out to be pretty obvious, but having the discipline. I think each of us kind of knows what the best thing to do is. And if you're paying attention to yourself during your sessions um, um, and just watching yourself, going into the session, after the session, paying attention. You know, the big three were intention, attention, and positive expectation. Um, having that with you when you're doing your session, feedback session, remote viewing session, I think that's really important. But you wanna know something that is pretty obvious. Everybody has been saying things like that. It's not like I've invented this, sure, of course. but the discipline to do it. The other key word, and it is a D word, is discipline. And I think it's the discipline to do what you know is right for you. Because the protocols themselves are all, you know, they're all good, good enough. Um, People have been very successful with almost all the different protocols. So, Thank you very much for your time and wisdom. Of course, I wish you the best of an excellent life and continue rocking, please. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And the same to you. Okay. Next up is uh, Dom. 
Thanks, Tom. All right. So uh, you mentioned early on in the presentation the word retrocausal, and everybody seems to know what that means. And I have a very vague notion, if that, of what it means. So could you please, in simple terms, tell us what that is? Absolutely. Cause and effect, as we're all taught, in time, you have a cause here now, and sort of like ripples, if you drop a rock, it'll spread out. And the same thing is true of effects. You do something now, and it has its effects in the future. What is now become apparent, and science has indeed improved this, has improved this, and not only that, they now have yearly meetings on retrocausality. Retrocausality, the retro means backwards. So have you ever done a feedback session? Do you do CRV or I, I do remote viewing, yeah, long forms session, sure. Okay, okay. And then sometimes you get feedback. Uh, right. The idea of retrocausality is that your feedback session somehow gives you information backwards in time. Retrocausal. Okay. Oh, so the concept that I'm doing a session while looking at the feedback, th that's what we're talking about? Getting information from the feedback session, absolutely. Okay, so that's what's meant by retrocausal. Correct. Okay, now, all right, good. There'll uh, be people who... There'll be people who will immediately bring up that Pat Price died before the feedback came. But you want to know what? The information was out there. So it didn't come from his feedback session. Well, though, he could have gotten it from the other side. But the universal collective consciousness had the feedback session, which was shown after he died. Okay, the, interesting. Uh, the other question I had was, uh, you mentioned about getting involved in your, um, you put up a slide, let me see here. Um, yeah, getting involved in this thing. And uh, you Precog, talked about uh, having, a, Pro. Mm -hmm. yeah, you, you having a certain hit rate before you could get into it. Did I follow yes. that part right? Okay, yes. so um, I wanted to understand what, is involved in that. Uh, I understand ARV, there's two things and you have to pick the correct thing. Who's making the determination of whether you pick the right thing and how is that done? Okay, as I said, we do sports betting and financial wagering, financial wagering. Um, in both cases, they're binary. There are always two choices. Right. If you go to our website and i hope i hope you will you can easily see how we do our arv online protocol excuse me the protocol itself is is very simple nobody really has problem problems with the protocol i send out a tasking you click a link you get your coordinate okay you then do your session you do have to upload it that simple later you'll get a feedback session now, who determines it's right? Well, it's a sports event. Since it's binary, 
Is it an over-under sports event, you know, a basketball game? Is it over 200 points, under 200 points? If it's a financial, and we do the financials by using its SPY, the SPY ETF, which is the um, Standard & Poor 500 ETF, and we use that. Does that go up or not up, up or down? Um, and so it's the determining factor. Um, and that's how we make a practical application out of it. So in both cases, you're given how your prediction went. In other words, if you got a good match to the one of the two pictures, and you could either judge that yourself, or you could have an independent judge. And the only analysis and judging that goes on is with the transcript that's submitted for the coordinate that you get from the first tasking and a comparison against the two possible photos, we call them photo sites, and one's associated with, in this example, over, the other's associated with under. And if you get a good match to one or the other, you might very well want to bet on that or just wait to get your feedback and see how it goes. Okay, I think I get the idea. So that's what ARV is all about. It's, but it's uh, all, all, yeah, all I would online. have to get onto the website to like click on correct. A link, get the I got it. And we have FAQ and FAQ tab that shows exactly what to do. But I frankly say, if you've already done remote viewing, just get into a group and we'll get you into one of the groups. All that's free. Um, um, you know, there's a non-free one, but but that's for other benefits. But you can get in for free and start. And when you do your first one, you'll see how easy it is. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. Uh, and it's nice to see John. John knows. So you're up next, I think. Oh, hi. Hi, Daz. Hi, hi. Marty. Good to see you again, hi, John. Marty. Um, yeah. For people who are not familiar, Marty's the most amazing person in that he's up at six every morning, go to the computer cranks out all of these predictions for all these groups and all these viewers. And he's been doing it, I think more than 15 years, Marty, but anyway, a long time. And as Teresa said, she was been working with Marty since 2009. I worked from 2010 to 2016, and it's fully independent from the military. That was a question in the chat box. But my question has to do with groups and individuals. And when I was taking part in those years, the highest group rate was around 70%. Uh, hit rate, which was achieved by a guy named Scott. Uh, and he put in an awful lot of time, and that was the highest group rate. Uh, I understand, Marty, I think you mentioned that now with groups, it's a, it's a different thing. You're not necessarily tracking all the group hit rates versus individuals. And if that's so, I wonder what you think the potential is for groups, uh, because, for example, one of the largest lottery wins by a remote viewing group was by a team, not by an individual. Um, the question you don't, you're not doing lottery so much, but anyway, I wanted to ask that question about individuals versus groups and what you're tracking and what you think about that, that difference between the group and the individual. Okay. That has been one of my big disappointments going into this. I thought using groups would be, um, the obvious way to go. You get good remote viewers together and 
you look and if most of them go one way or the other, you go that way and that should give you a good hit rate. And that worked for Scott. Um, but I have to tell you, and Scott did share this, um, he adds one other element, which is pendulum dowsing. And he's the only one I know of that's ever done that. And I think his group did so well because he was very good at that. In other words, he said, should I go along with this prediction or pass? And so he had a lot of passes and that led to a very high hit rate. Our other groups, um, um, well, one has gotten up to 65%, but then come down. Well, some of them have gone even higher than that, but they don't have this reliability factor. And one of the reasons I started the Precog Pro program was to find people who were interested in the long term and you know had to qualify so I knew they were reasonably good. And then using them in the group would tend to give us higher values. And yes, they're a little bit higher, but not even as the groups yet are we at the 72% level as groups, but they're higher than the regular groups. Does that answer your question? I think we're moving in the right direction, but we haven't mastered it yet. Uh, yeah, I would just add that Scott said that uh, he spent an awful lot of time with his group. He got to know the members. Uh, he would spend all Sunday morning, three or four hours sometimes. He would use uh, things in addition to the pendulum. So I don't think it was just the pendulum. It was the TLC and knowledge of the viewers and what their strengths and weaknesses were. It's a, a full-time, not full-time, but a part-time job almost, he felt, that he was doing every week. And that may be partly why he eventually stopped doing it. And other groups just didn't have that uh, coherence or spirit or project manager was willing to put in that time. But yeah, thanks for the answer, Marty. Yeah, and you might be right, John. You know, because I'm a group manager of several groups and I don't have the time to put in um, that much time. But I will tell you, I'm working on a model that I hope will, will help. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for that, John. Uh, I think, Nick, Pablo, do you have another question or is, is that hand raised from the last one? Well, it's a new question. Thank you, Das. Yeah, go ahead. So, so Martin, I'm not sure if you've heard about John Walker. Um, he has a site uh, called uh, Formulab, and one of the sections is on retropsychokinesis, right? Okay, wait. So, now, I know, I think it's a John Walker who's a physicist out of one of the universities. That's correct. I think he's a former engineer of HP or Autodesk, something like that. Right. He's got a very interesting um, quantum mechanical model, which I refer to from time to time. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I also explored that a little bit and, you know, I heard things like, for example, you know, we think, we still think of time as linear as existing, how we perceive it. However, usually they, they are modeling it as something, you know, like time is a way of perception of how things exist. And that has come up to something like, you know, cause and effect exist both at the same time. They're aspects of the same thing. 
and it's just the way you perceive it, the, the way it works. And you know, some of his work through others have even gone to the electronic voice phenomena thing. But the curious thing is, it sounded a little bit uh, to what you were talking with with uh, uh about, uh, you know, not talking to the dead, but talking to living people. In, in summary, one, one of the conclusions is that uh, human consciousness exists outside of the physical realm, right? And can move from here to there outside of time. However, and sorry for the long introduction here, one of the key things I noted with some of the experiments from John Walker and others is that there's a big element of influence of weather and all other natural phenomena happening around. So have you noticed that impacting somehow the, the accuracy or the hit rate of the viewers? By natural phenomenon, you be geomagnetic natural phenomena. Yeah, that, that could be one, or for example, your sidereal time, as Dick Arwari once uh, showed in the video, it can influence a little right. bit uh, your accuracy. Well, that was a big thing way back when, and I actually went to viewers like Mel Riley went um, and Joe and their response was the same. Yeah, there may be some effect there, but I can overcome it. Um, so there may be a statistical effect there, but at least they didn't worry about it. Now, for those of us who are not maybe as good as them, maybe you should pay attention to that. Uh, I don't know. It turns out James Spottyswood, who was the LST guy, and I went over my data quite a few years ago, and we did not see a significant effect at 1330 hours LST. Um, so I don't know what more to say about that. There may very well be outside influences, but I haven't seen them be, well, I haven't seen them be super important. You know, that, that's what I love about this chat. You know, we get all these different points of view, experiences and experiments. So really, thank you, Martin. Thank you, Das. Thanks, okay. Pablo. Uh, next then is YYZ Rush. Is he still there? Mm. Okay. Rush is still muted. Oh, he's there. He's just muted. There it is. You have to find the, uh, the spots. I'm mute. <laughs> hey, Marty, how's it going? Okay, going pretty well. Awesome. How about with it's, you? Um, this is a really great chat and discussion, and I have lots of questions, and so it's it's kind of really cool. Um, I'm curious, do you know of uh, an author named Lanny Bassham? He wrote a book called With Winning in Mind. I do not. That sounds okay. close to Gallenberger's kind of approach. Anyway, I um, have not heard of him. Okay. Um so I have some questions about your, uh, so when you said only, only hit feedback or, um, you're going to do feedback on the, the target that is the correct answer, regardless of whether you got it correct or not, or. Okay. Let me, let me respond to that one. You, the system will always give feedback to the correct choice. Remember there are two possible choices the yes. feedback those are possible the feedback and what you're remote viewing is the correct one there will be a link which will give you that now i think only if you have a hit 
should you click the link? If you got a miss, and you'll know that because you'll see your prediction after you do the analysis judging. So you'll know what your prediction is. We want people to be able to act on their predictions. Um, so you'll know it. So when you get the outcome, which includes the feedback link, um, uh, you'll know. So the feedback will be available to you, but my recommendation now is to only do it if you have a hit and maybe sometimes with the passes if you feel motivated to do it. But I see no reason to look at the feedback photo if you have a miss. So do you get both the yes and the no in your, in your feedback? No, no, You only no. get the yes? No, 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 no. <laughs> you only get the actual outcome. That's the basis of associative remote viewing. The association is with the correct side. There are two sides. Okay. So right. you only see the correct one. And so when you get a hit, that meant you did a good description right. of the correct feedback target. And um, you should feel really good about that. So, so only draw or only recreate your session if you got a hit. That's what I recommend. Okay. And then um, with the 72% you're talking about, um, do people have an opportunity to start over if they can't quite Every, yeah, absolutely. Uh, reach that, that spot? Yeah. Okay. In fact, if they get 60%, you know, they get paid and then they start another series of um, 25. Interesting. Okay. And then do you have the, do you have an overall, overall percentage of all of your sessions? Um, you mean the precog pro sessions or all the sessions? Well, yeah. I am, I, I'm, I, you know, it turns out I could get in and I could get that and I don't do it um, as much as I used to partially because all it brings up is negativity. Notice I just don't even want to talk about misses, have people claim misses. I'm sticking with the positive. And um, that, that's just the way it is right now. Um, I will tell you that um, we only have one person who is on level two. Um, so, I mean, that's sort of what you're saying. We don't have a lot of 72 percenters out there. And um, the group hit rate is about 65% or so. Cool. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And these things vary, of course. Okay. Okay. Next up is Paul Cosby. Yeah. Hi, uh, Daz and Marty. Thank you uh, for, for being here tonight. Uh, I, the question I had, you just indicated that you have about an overall 65% accuracy rate in, in your group. And, and so I would presume that given the number of viewers you've had, the number of sessions that they've done, that you've been able to at some point create an XY axis with X being the percentage of uh, accuracy and the Y axis being the number of people at each, in, each uh, percentage point to make a, a bell-shaped curve uh, have you done that kind of thing before? Uh, no. 
And um, I don't know how that would be helpful. That's certainly analyzing the data. You know, there's only so much I can do. There's nobody else um, looking and able to work the data. Uh, I have given other people, by the way, um, um, you know, like um, James Spottyswood and two other people that had ideas on how to use the data to go forward and make things better. And so I do give out the database some time. And um, I don't know if you are mathematically inclined, but if you wanted to do something like that, um, I, I could make it available to you. I don't know. I really don't know enough about you to feel comfortable to do that yet. But um, so, no, I have not done anything like that. Yeah, I, I'd be interested in doing that personally. I have some, uh, I have a science background in general, but you can contact me. I, I'll, I'll put my email in the chat here. But the, what, I'm, what I'm interested in, you know, is that if, uh, I mean, we've all had times when we've had sessions that were essentially 100% accurate, like Joe McMonagall had, and maybe many of those. I, I've had a number of those, and they're certainly not random. Uh, so there's, there should obviously be on a bell-shaped curve a, a tendency to start with a steep drop-off at 50% and then have it tail off only to the higher numbers off to the right with, our, without, with very few tailing off into the negative uh, less than 50%. And my question is, uh, if you do find that there are people who routinely uh, pick the wrong answer. You know, they're getting 35, 40% accuracy or so. Uh, that may say something. I'm not quite sure what it would say other than that they ought to get a job at Walmart and not try to be a remote viewer. But <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, I, it may say that there's some kind of blocker that they have for financial markets that they maybe don't have for other topics. I don't know. But that's kind of my question is, are there people who are routinely very bad at financial markets that you've been able to detect? Um, yes, but even they, while their average might be 40, 45%, the reliability of them being misses is still tough to count on because they too will have a few good sessions in a row. And I'm just telling you, I see reliability being the biggest issue right now. Um, you know, we have some very good viewers that have done 100 percenters, um, and then they get into a negative mode. Now, whether someone brought up external factors that are overriding them, I tend to think it's more internal factors with what's going to happen to my life if I really am this good. You know, if there's a real person who's 100%, he can write his own <laughs> ticket. Um, you know, we will help him write that ticket. Uh, but um, we, haven't, we haven't found that yet. You know, what's so nice about our community is this honesty that you're hearing from me and, and from others is the way it is. We are at the cutting edge of really the most important scientific 
research problem there is, and that is consciousness. You know, consciousness really is fundamental. And all you really know for 100% sure is your now moment consciousness. And you have a series of now moment consciousness when you're remote viewing. You have another series of remote of um, now conscious moments when you do your feedback session and those are entangled. Now I can say those words. I know that is true. Nobody has a good model like, you know, in science, F equal MA, you know, got us to the moon. Perseverance got to the moon using actually classical science. Um, um, we do not have anything like that in the field of consciousness. We think quantum mechanics is the closest model, but we can't connect that to consciousness. Okay, next up is uh, Russell. Hi, Marty, how are you? Okay, hi, Russell. I, I had a question. Um, I participated in that uh, um, election project you did. And what I was wondering is, had those results ever been posted anywhere? The election being the Trump election? Well, or we did the Hillary? No, no, we did uh, two sessions. And one, and basically one, as I remember, was worded something to the effect of, you know, who will be inaugurated. Right. I remember there was 27 people, 24 uh, went one way, three went the other. A lot of people had uh, very, very strong um, scores by whoever graded them towards one side and then attended that everybody had very low scores towards the other. Then Crystal, um, we sent her, uh, someone had asked a question. I think it was David, um, I can't think of his name. Anyways, so we all privately responded that who, who, you know, who did we want to win to see if what we wanted affected our session. And then uh, I never saw those results being published. Okay, neither have I. Okay. Crystal, I guess has them. And I don't know what she's going to do with them. You might send her an email and let her know. But that okay. was very interesting because it was, it was Trump would win by a very strong margin. Um, we did have a webinar feedback session on that. Again, it was positive feedback. And there were some people who said no, and they got to do feedback sessions and we shared them. Um, we also did Perseverance. That was the other one that was done on that webinar. And that one was a success. More people said it would land successfully as it did. Um, but anyway, contact Crystal if you want to go to the next step. Okay, yeah, because I, uh, I guess I even missed the feedback then because I never uh, saw a photo. So Are you in our discussion group? Well, I'm a member of APP, and then I get the uh, emails. Okay, so you get the emails because I always talk about um, what we're going to do. There was a webinar, and when you ask Crystal to give you the next step, you might ask her what was the webinar where we did all this. Because the feedback was published in a webinar. Okay, because I didn't, because I don't remember, I don't think it was who would win. I think you had phrased it, who would be inaugurated, Not, right? Correct. Yeah, that, was, okay. that is correct. 
which I thought was an excellent tasking because I know other people who did it by who would win. Right. The, the inauguration was three-dimensional. So I'll get in touch with Crystal. Thank you. And then one thing too, when people, um, when you're talking about joining up with a APP, I'm, I'm not an ARV person. I know very little about it, but I would like to tell people the um, archived videos on the Talk With series are great. I, I mean, there's some really nice stuff uh, from historical viewers and a lot of different things. So if you're thinking about it, even though I don't uh, frequently do ARV, I, I have found the membership very worth it. Good. Thank you for that. Yeah, we do a talk with every few weeks and they're with all the leaders in the field and on a wide variety of subjects. But, you know, we've had Russ Targ, Joe McMonagle, Dean Radin. Um, I think the same sort of people Daz tries to get, you know, the, the people in our community, the leaders. Okay. Marty, before we go on, um, I have an observation or, or a question type comment type thing that I, I just mm -hmm. want to discuss. Um, it's the feedback thing that bothers me really. I'm just, I'm just not really convinced that a lot of the RV information comes from feedback. And I'll tell you why. Um, I can do any kind of RV for people. And even with people where they don't give me solid feedback, they just say, yeah, you answered the question, you're accurate. That's essentially the only feedback I get. And on targets like that, on average, I'm, you know, without being egotistical, I'm really accurate, you know, over 75% most of the time. And in fact, when I did the uh, OCP certification with Lynn's group, they databased my RV for six months on that. And it was over 93% accurate for six months. Um, so I get a good uh, rate of accuracy. But, and, that's, and that's, you know, targets of all different sizes, mainly in the past and, and the present, I would say. Um, so I get good accuracy with that. But then when it comes to doing predictive targets, which I would have thought if the goal was my feedback, which is more of a direct route, because it's something that involves me personally in the future, rather than me looking at something far out there in the past, I would expect predictive remote viewing of my own to be on par or even, you know, or even better, because it's more, more of a direct route. But as I discussed with you uh, before we had the meeting here, when I database my pre-hog work from news predictions last, last year, it came in literally identical to yours at 60 to 65%. Um, so that's what worries me with the, are we reviewing the feedback? Because if it were the feedback, which would be more direct, I would expect it to be uh, on, on par of 100% accuracy. And it's not. Well, that was our hope too. <laughs> it's not. Now, I do think there is something about precognition which changes things. Um, and even the precognition you did um, was ARV-like, right? And um, there's- the, the news stuff isn't. The news is just looking a month no, ahead. No, that's stuff. true. Yeah. And that, that you did very well. It's part of the mystery. I mean, I, I can't give you an answer, but it's- it's part of the mystery. Getting feedback from a client that says, hey, yes, that was good. When you got 90%, what was the feedback in that? I didn't quite understand the, the group. But what feedback did you get? Um, the, the fee, uh, in the OCP certification program, um, it was, it was, it, that was solid feedback. So it was targets in the past. And you know, they would say, yeah, this was accurate. 
and it was database over uh, over six months. Uh, on average, it was I think ninety three and a half percent or something like that over a six and month period. You did get to see the feedback. I did get to see the feedback on that. Yes. Okay. Um, and you would agree that there the feedback was really that good. You know, the judging and all that is is a big yes. issue. That's what yes. makes precognition so different. You yes. know, there's nothing you can do. And maybe that's part of the issue. I think precognition, this retrocausality, um, may indeed bring in other complications that you don't get when you do the present and the past. Yeah. And I'm saying that for our experience and what you just shared, your experience yeah. too. As I said, I, I, for me, it feels like it should be because it's more direct because it involves me personally. It should be more accurate, but maybe because it is looking at the future, the probabilities are more as well, and that cancels it out in some way. I, I don't know, but it's, it's an interesting. It, it's a it's a, a thing that's kind of sitting in my mind for months and months. I can't work out what's going on with that. It, it doesn't sit right for me. Well, we call it precognitive telepathy. Because it's just what you said, and that's why people are really growing internally. I just get so many comments from people that the whole process itself is illuminating because, yes, you get questions just like you said. You don't always get answers, but you get insights to yourself as you keep working this, yeah. you know, um, the fact that there's nobody else involved but you you do the remote viewing session you do the feedback session now <laughs> you know nobody to blame anymore gee you need to take total responsibility and that's a good thing yeah, yeah. i just have two other questions as well um because i did i did a trump uh i did an, an arv and a uarv two separate uh projects on trump with two mm -hmm. different lots of people uh, one 19 months before the election and one, I think, 11 months before the election. Both of them said that Trump would win and, and both mine were incorrect. And using the ARV approach, that was one that broke my record. I was going for a 100% record at that point and then that, that broke it. Uh -huh. but, but that aside, um, uh, something that I've also wondered, um, does the, the incidence of time before uh, between doing the remote viewing and the event, have you seen any any difference in that, you know, the farther away the event from the viewing, does it, does it affect the uh, quality of, of data or accuracy? The um, pair people, the Princeton people, I'm sure you know, PEAR, Princeton Engineering Anonymous Research Group, they were the only ones I know that did a full uh, study on this and they found no fall off with time. How to, I think they went a month, certainly two weeks, but they might've gone a month but nothing further, further than that. Right. Um, you know, we keep talking about how what's going on here is almost outside of space and time. It's like an eternal now. Someone else said the cause and the effect are happening at the same time. All of that is the way the reality is, sort of. But, you know, all we can do is use our words, which we've learned living in a linear time world and it's complicated, but that's the challenge. And I'm just I'm hanging in there with it. And I'm still learning about myself and about it. And hopefully coming up with um, 
good suggestions to learn even more. Okay. By the way, how many direct ARVs did you have? You said you uh, had a hundred percent up to Trump. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that many. Um, it was the unitary ones. Um, okay. We were on a run of, of, I think, of something like eight. So it was only okay. a small amount of projects, but each one we did on a monthly basis. But it was a mix of uh, Dow Jones market, gold market, silver's market, and Bitcoin. Uh, and mm-hmm. they were all, you know, I was 100% with the unitary ARV. I thought we cracked it. We did Trump, and then that, that just blew it all apart. How did you do the unit? What did you use? An emotion or what was the unitary target? Oh, it was an image. It was a, it was a, it was a photo image as, as feedback of, a, of an, a monument. I've been using monuments at the time. Oh, so if you if, if got Trump, a good description, you would go that way. If yes. you didn't get a good description, you would pass. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, ours was complete. But we did, you know, the main one I did was... 19 months before the the event and i think that had a, a lot to play because you know biden or no one was on the picture or on the scene in in, in that area but you know uh, we do have a question from the uh, list here and it says with regards to the pro group was that initial 250 dollars investment on the part of the viewer or just the baseline uh, you're in uh, and what what is the uh, is this what we are starting at point Yeah, it's just your starting out point. Um, The money goes basically into your account. And if you ever want to, but it's easy to follow because it's 20% up, 20% down. You can keep track of it on your own, but we keep track of it. And if you want to email us, we'll show you your progress, but that's your money. So you get a bunch of hits in a row and it might be up to five, six, seven hundred dollars. Um, but whatever it is at the end of the 25, that's when we will actually send you a check. Hey, Marty, this is Tom. Hi, I'm Tom. on a cell phone, so I can't raise my hand. So I'm sorry if I'm interrupting somebody. <laughs> I have been giving the consideration, the difference between ARV and remote viewing, the hit rate. Mm-hmm. And in ARV, you're either right or you're wrong. So you know whether you are on or not. Whereas with RV, 70% of the information may be wrong, but the 30% that's correct is so correct, you're absolutely positive you nailed the site. When in fact, you may not have. And so I'm wondering if it's that absolute correctness or incorrectness of ARV that accounts for the difference in why we seem to be doing so well in RV, but not quite so well in ARV. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that's definitely a big factor, Tom. So um, yeah, period. I think that's a big factor. Plus the precognition. The fact that you're doing ARV, you automatically know you're doing precognition Will you'll be right or wrong. When you're doing RV, it's all the things you said. You know, it's okay to be partially right or wrong. Um, in fact, most viewers, that's the standard. Um, so I, I, so I, I think it's everything that you said about RV versus ARV plus the precognitive aspect. 
We have a question from the board. Uh, can you give more information on the $55 memberships? Yeah. If you pay $55, you get access to all kinds of um, um, talk widths is probably the largest amount we have, which um, free members don't get as a 55 full member. We call the full members. You get to go to these live and you get to ask questions of the people who we bring in and you get to see the webinars. The free members don't get that. Plus you have access to as many of the groups as you like. A free member has access for one prediction group, um, but some people want to do a prediction every other day. So as a member, you get that as well. And then um, our recent Zoom um, um, webinar workshops, you get access to that, plus the old Las Vegas ones, uh, you get access to those as a uh, paid member. So you just get access to a lot more webinars, plus you can do more than one um, prediction per week. Um, Marty, while I'm here, I uh, wonder if we could say a, a few notes about your, um, your conferences, because you have one coming up in, in May. And if you could let yeah. the guys know a few details about what that's involved, the, uh, the cost and who's appearing and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm, obviously, I'm glad you brought that up. Can I share again? Because I had all that information. On yeah, one. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, share, share as much as you want. Yeah, let me share this. And here, uh, no, that's you. Here it is. So it's May 20th to 23rd. Um, the list of people who are talking, I think you'll think is quite impressive. You probably know most of these names, Russ Targ, Dean Radin. I think you know Tom. Um, you may or may not know Steve. He's written a lot of uh, really good stuff, more about Psy and talking to the dead and PK. We've had a lot of really interesting um, conversations and uh, webinars with him, all available to the actual paid members. He actually did a study and he checked the person out completely that was known to do PK and we saw it happening in the video. It was great. Um, I think you know Deborah Catch and John Knowles. John is here. Stephen Wright is a religious person in Great Britain. And he is giving um, talks on spiritually related stuff directly. Uh, so we have a conference which includes that. Plus, we will be doing three predictions and feedback. Um, and we're going to spend a fair amount of time with this positive feedback protocol to make sure it's clear. Plus, we're actually going to have people spend a lot of time on the feedback, um, assuming it will help us get out of those three. We're hoping to get three out of three, but we'll see. Three hits out of three. 
Okay, so the way to find out even more details, like the titles, is to go to our website. Um, okay, good, thank you. Go to the website, and in fact, if you click here, it doesn't work here now, of course, but if you click right on that, it'll take you to the page where you've got all their pictures and the titles that what they're going to be talking about and all of that. And I hope you will join us. We used to always do these in Vegas um, because of the ability to wager and to see everybody. But with COVID now, we're doing them with Zoom. The price, by the way, for members is $300 now, early bird, and $355 if you're not a member. But the 55 makes you a member for the one year. So we force you to become a member um, if you want to come to the conference. Okay. Excellent. Thanks for that. Okay. Any of you guys in the in the video windows or in the chat have any more questions for Marty? I don't think they do. Hi, Marty. This is Grin. I was just wondering, uh, okay. could you tell Hi, us a Grin. little bit about the music from the Fringe, the process of how you taught remote viewing to the musicians? <laughs> I, I mean, I love the documentary. It's one of my favorite remote viewing things, and I love how it made its way into Third Eye Spies as part of the soundtrack. But I'm wondering, can you tell us more about how you actually taught the music students and the process that went on behind the scenes? You know, it was so interesting because that whole project um, was so much fun. Most of you may not know about it at all. And I don't have um, the website handy, but we did a talk with on it. Again, join us and you can get a lot more information from the talk with, with Sam Smith and Nancy Smith. Um, the way I taught it, so I was there for the first one, we came up with the idea at one of our webinar workshops um, and I taught it in sort of the normal way, you know, this is a natural process. I always emphasize that. And um, you, because you're musicians, as you're getting information about your feedback target, have the intention of getting some musical insights that will relate to it. So there wasn't anything more complicated than that. And they came up with just some remarkable stuff. Um, there was a dragonfly was one of the targets. And one of the, and these are cellists. Okay, they're all cellists. Sam Smith says, is there any other instrument? But that's his focus. And you could just hear, he it was just sort of like you would, would think of a, dragonfly or a bee or something near you the sound it would make and they had so many other remarkable ones so is that enough of an answer but but you know they had one session i don't think any of them had ever done remote viewing before um but we do all believe it's natural they came with a positive attitude because sam smith told them yeah this stuff really works um and then we trained them in that fashion. Thank you. 
just one other thing as well before we uh, finish in, in a while. You, ha- Marcia, you have a big collection of videos on YouTube as well, don't you? If I remember correctly. Uh, yes, all the free ones that are on our site are also on our YouTube. Um, um, I don't know if you call it a channel. Uh, yeah. But those are the same free ones you can get just by going to our website. And then we do have quite a few people now that have joined that channel. I'm just not one of those people that likes to promote all this stuff. <laughs> I guess I should be, but I'm not. I'll put a link I don't in, even... in the chat. Oh, you do know what it is. Great. Yeah, it's in the chat for the morning. Yeah, because there's there's quite a few. There's like a there's probably about a hundred or so videos or more, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Any of you guys uh, have any more questions for Marty at, at this stage? I think we're running out of questions now, Marty. Okay, that's great. And I, I could I, ask a question uh, for both of you. Da- I'm sorry for Daz and Marty. Um, Daz, uh, I'm I'm uh, the guy known Seven Up. Uh, so. Um, you, you've mentioned that I've read something you mentioned um, in Discord. Uh, something about you said I don't know if it's specific to that app, the RV tournament, but does does switching off? If I'm a, I'm a beginner in CRV or even natural RV, just RV in general, but does that interfere? Like if I am doing natural remote viewing, but then if I start trying associated remote viewing, does that interfere in any way with that progress of the, the natural version of it? I mean, Marty would be more experienced on this than me. All I can tell you is from my years of doing different kinds of stuff now, if a, I think if a person focuses on solely one endeavor, then when they try to switch to the other endeavor, uh, they find that they have a bit of a problem. So if you, if you continuously did ARV for you know a decade or more, you might find it hard to switch to then do normal RV targets. And the same with RV. If you did RV for 20 years, then you instantly tried to go to ARV and be an expert at that. And, uh, you know, it just wouldn't work for you. I, I totally um, kind of agree with that, but not exactly. Um, I, because I think the best is to mix different things yeah. together. Balance. Do your CRV, do ARV, yeah. um, not necessarily get totally into one. I think the variety helps both of them. Um, I see. So that would be my suggestion. I would like to do one other thing before we leave because I felt I should have done it earlier. So let me share my screen again. I want to show all of you. It sounds like some of you are interested in doing our work. So you, you should be seeing the screen now, right? This is a typical kind of plot that we get from one of our viewers that's doing very well, as you can see. And let me explain this, because this is the kind of data that you you will get as you go through the online protocol. The red car curve is cumulative, okay? So the hit rate, hits over hits plus misses. Um, so you can see is red, it's up to 60% here. The green is the 25-day moving average, and the blue is the 10-day moving average, again, ignoring passes. So you can see the 10-day 
you know, is always stops at the tens. And he got up to 90%. And then he did what a lot of the viewers do um, the first time he got up and he went all the way down to 30%. That's what I mean by reliability. Um, the, but here, 70 and way down. But now it looks like, you know, he's like getting much more control. Here he was up to 80, just went down to 60, got back up to 90. Um, and so we'll see. He may have, you know, and I don't interfere with the people. This isn't somebody I know. If it's somebody I know, I might talk to them. But I want to leave him alone. Um, when he finishes his 25, I will talk to him and see if he's come up with any kind of technique that he'd be willing to share. Uh, but again, I think it's all personal. But this is the kind of data you, you get, cumulative, 25-day moving average, 10-day moving average. And down here, we actually give two tables, which include the words you put in when you do your sketch and when you do your feedback and the confidence rankings. We use a, a TARG-like confidence ranking scale, zero to seven. Um, so you'll always be able to go back and uh, look at this information and use it to improve yourself and your hit rate. Marty, uh, all the viewers have access to, to this information when they're part of the, the group? Yeah, yeah. It comes up when they finish their um, – they have access to it. In fact, you'll see here um, this is very open. This is the link. So once they see it once, they can copy the link and see it anytime they want to. Excellent, looks good. Okay, so I think maybe we are done, Daz. Thank yeah. you for inviting me to this. Thank you for coming along, Marty. And as I said, uh, I'll, I'll pass all the links around. We'll put all this on YouTube and I'll add all the links and everything to that as well. So hopefully we can get some people along to your program and, and participating on this. Thank, I would love that. And, um, I look forward to having some of you join us. And again, thank you, Daz. Yeah, thank you, Marty. And thank you, everyone else, for, for coming along again. And I'll look forward to seeing you next week, where all, all things going well, we should have uh, Joe McMoney along for a couple of hours to answer your questions. Take care, everyone, and have a good weekend. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Signal Line, a remote viewing podcast. Don't forget to check out remoteviewed.com for remote viewing resources or our videos on YouTube under Remote Viewed.